Jesus came into that last supper setting. He said, I've longed to share this meal with you. This was what he came to do. It was just before the cross that they had that final meal together until we have that, that meal that we're going to have in heaven. And we're going to go right on down, if you will. I, I, want, to, I want to do this, this song this morning. There's, there's a, we, we're coming to a place in, in the Christian world. I went by a church today that is part of a denomination that has been true to God for decades, but now has decided to go away from the clear teaching of Scripture They've had a leader of organizational meeting to discuss whether or not to follow the scripture or follow the culture. They have went with the culture. And there's a small church that's not like the big church that's went with the culture that there wasn't very many people at. But because that small church, part of the same denomination, has decided to go with the scripture and not the culture, there is a break. And, and they're, you know, they're discussing how can we, you know, Keep communication and be loving and kind, but not go along with what we know is biblically wrong. And I respect that. There's a time for walls to come down, denominational walls. And there's a time for walls to be strengthened. And I believe we're in a time for walls to be strengthened, not to divide us, but to really unite the true church. Can you say, man, hallelujah. So I'm going one of those block layers <laughs> Amen. To strengthen the walls. We we cannot give in. Jeremiah twenty I mean, yeah, twenty is it twenty four fifteen where Joshua is saying if if it if 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 Baal is God, then go serve Baal. But if the Lord is God, serve him. If it seemed good to you to go serve the gods that your fathers compromised and 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 and, and served, go serve him. But if the Lord is God, serve Him. But choose, make up your mind and make it have a holy resolve one way or the other. Can you say, man, get off the fence because you can't stay on it. God won't permit it. God won't allow it. Hallelujah. There's no middle ground here. He that's for me, he that's not for me is what? He's against me. And he that doesn't gather with me scatters. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, so you choose this day, but I want to make it clear, no matter what you decide. See, he wasn't following the crowd. He was following God personally. But as for me and my house, everybody say me and my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can you say man? If Baal is God, serve him. But if the Lord is God, serve him. But choose you this day who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. This is the scripture we're going to read, and I want him to read it before we have Holy Communion today. When Jesus took the bread and broke it, he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, you you, you do it in remembrance of me. But when he picked up the cup, he said something very important. This is the new covenant in my blood that is shed for the sins of many. Your Bible is separated by the old covenant and the new covenant. The Old Testament, the word is actually covenant. The New Testament, the word is actually covenant. It's not like a last will and testament. It's a covenant. It's stronger than a last will and testament. And let me tell you something about the old and the new. There's a lot of, well, actually the old covenant concerning Christ and the prophecies are promises made. The New Testament, the new covenant is promises kept. Amen. Hallelujah. What everything that, that the Old Testament looked forward to was completed and fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he came and died upon the cross and rose again. Let me tell you something. If you keep focused on the old covenant and you need to be in the old covenant to understand the new, it helps you to understand the new. But you can't stay back there. 
I have people quoting old covenant scriptures to me all the time. And it's like oil and water. They won't mingle. They won't mix. You're under one or the other. If you're under the old covenant, you better, you better be, you better be, you better be what you can't be. You better be perfect. Because the only way you can go to heaven under that covenant is through the type and foreshadow of Jesus dying in the new covenant. The Lamb's blood didn't cleanse anybody except it was received by God as a type of Christ to come. Otherwise, we could just get a lamb and offer it up and that'd be it today. We'd go to heaven. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. The lamb could have done it. It was, it was a type and foreshadow of the lamb of God. They won't blend. Someone the other day, I've, I've been through so much. Oh, Lord, have I been through so much. Sometimes I hate to even think about it, but I have to think about it sometimes to teach correctly. Sometimes people want to use the old covenant uh, and, and, and use particular parts of it to, for some agenda that they have. But if you're going to go back under it, you've got to get all the way under it. And if you're going to get all the way under it, we're going to have to build a temple. We're going to have to get ox and lambs and doves and drink offerings. And, and, and we're going to have to reestablish what was established under that. But when that veil was rent from top to bottom... A new contract came into play. And we're under a new and better covenant that is established on better promises. Hallelujah. For the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. Can you say man? Hallelujah. How many people here understand what we're going to celebrate today? Jesus said, this is the new covenant. I'm fulfilling the prophecy of the new covenant. Hallelujah. It's about to come into its climax. And, and hallelujah. On the cross, he said, it is finished. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you today for the new covenant in your blood that was shed for the sins of many. The old covenant never changed the sinful nature of the human heart, but the new covenant did. Sin's power was never broken under the old covenant. Jesus declared this a new covenant. Under the old covenant, no matter how many sacrifices were offered or how sincerely repentance was given, the heart of man remained with the propensity for sin. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says, I will put my law. This is, this is prophetic of the fulfillment of the new covenant in Christ. I will put my law in in their inward parts, and write it upon their hearts. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it upon their hearts. One of the things the new covenant did is provoke the Jews that were still clinging to the old covenant after Christ came to jealousy in a positive way, not in a negative way. It said, I want to provoke the Jews to jealousy because the Gentiles are doing by nature. Not the old nature of the old man, but the new nature of the new man. They're doing what's contained in the law because of the new nature, the new heart. I'll write my laws not on tables of stone, but I will do it on the human heart itself. Praise God. And actually, you can take the two commandments under the new covenant with the new nature imparted, and it will fulfill all the law, all the prophets. You don't have to worry. It, he, you don't do away with it. You fulfill it. You keep all of it because of the new nature. And the first and great commandment is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it because it's a love commandment. Can you say amen? And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and thyself. Upon these two commandments in the new covenant. Hang all the law and the prophets. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't come, he said, to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. By writing it upon the human heart. Not just upon tables of stone. Can you say man? I'll tell you, you're either under the law or you're under grace. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I'm under the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Everybody broke the first commandment. Didn't even have to go down the line. But let me tell you, if you begin to love God back for loving you enough to grant this kind of grace to you, you're going to love him with all of your heart, your mind, your strength. Hallelujah. If you don't love him back, then you're going to need someone to confront you every Sunday with where you, how bad off you are and where you went wrong. Amen. Now we need to be confronted when we let the devil give place to the devil and we let the flesh rule. But what we really need is to get close enough to God that we fall in love with him enough. Hallelujah. To want to live differently, to want to overcome, to want to live for him and give him honor and give him glory. Thank God for the new covenant that causes me to want to love him. Hallelujah. Paul said the love of Christ. That's what, that's what's constraining me. It's the love of Christ. Hallelujah. That is constraining me to, to make any sacrifice for him. Praise God. Under the old covenant, the human heart was never changed. Under the new covenant, there's an, it allows for God, the Holy Spirit, to come and impart a new nature. For if any man be in Christ, he's the old guy trying to keep the old covenant. No, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. And everything has become new. Now, I'm not just talking about the old life and the old sinfulness. I'm talking about the old covenant. It's passed away. The veil is rent. And you know what they did right after the veil was rent by God himself from top to bottom? When Jesus said it was finished, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Amen. You know what they did? They repaired the veil and continued old covenant worship until those of them that accepted Christ as Messiah recognized, amen, not Another lamb is going to be accepted because the final lamb, the lamb of God, has been offered once and for all. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I remember the song, Falling in Love with Him. Over and over and over and over again, I keep falling with him over and over and over and over again he gets sweeter and sweeter the days go by oh what a love between my lord and i falling in love with him over and over and over and over again one of the purposes of holy communion is that we fall in love with him over and over and over again. I remember when I performed a wedding uh, back at the old Holy Church of God. I remember at the end of the wedding, I said, I said the key to a, a, the longevity of a successful marriage is falling in love many times, but always with the same person. Can you say man? <laughs> Hallelujah. And the key to living in victory as a Christian is falling in love many times, but always with the same person. Amen. If you fall in love with him, here's what he said if you fall in love with him. If a man love me, he will keep my commandments. Not because he demands it alone, but because he deserves it. And we want to please him. We want to serve him. We follow his commandments. His commandments. Listen, listen. When he said, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he's talking about the, the religiously oppressed. He's not just talking about the sinful people with the guilt and the shame. It is in the context of that, that religious system that was in place. By the way, the religious system that seemed so righteous in that day wanted him dead. They wanted him killed. They accused him. Amen? When you get a legalistic, void of the love of God, void of mercy, void of grace... You walk by and you see a man that fell among thieves, but he's a Gentile and not a Jew. What do you do? You go help him anyway? No, you walk right by him because you don't want to be 
contaminated by anything unclean because you're just too holy to get involved. Amen? Amen? Amen. Holier than thou is not what this is all about. Holy is what it's about, but not holier than thou and not self-righteous. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One of... Pharisee, one of the highest order of religious sects in that day. By the way, Pharisee and Sadducee, one of the big difference in both of these self-righteous outfits is one of them believed in the resurrection and one of them did not. One time Paul was really, they wanted to kill him and, and uh, he knew how to, God gave him wisdom and, and he, he stood up and said something about the resurrection. They got in an argument between themselves and forgot about him. They did. because That's all he had to do. Just get them in a doctrinal argument. There are people today that would rather argue doctrine. And doctrine is important. We need to defend truth at all times. But there are some people just wanting to nitpick everything. Amen. They can't win a soul to Jesus because they don't have any joy. They don't have any, any, any mercy. They don't have any grace. They don't have any peace. And we've got a children's church about to happen. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Cherie and, and Sister, Sister Allison. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can get this message right up online so you won't miss it today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad I'm under the new covenant. I'm glad that he said what is going to happen. And Jesus said this is the new covenant. And what's going to happen is it's going to change things. Because I'm going to write my laws upon the heart. I'm not going to change people from the outside in. But from the inside out. Can you say man? For if any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creation. Old things. And I understand there's a lot of sinful practices that have passed away. And that's part of that. But I believe more importantly, it's talking about the fact that the old covenant is not the covenant that you are under. You're under this covenant. And that's why your Bible is divided. It doesn't mean the old is not relevant. This is the God you're dealing with. But you're dealing with in a new dispensation. And it's a dispensation of grace. And I'm still amazed. I preached, a, I preached a message one time on what's so amazing about grace. Honey, everything about grace is amazing. Can you say, man, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found just like Cherie. Can you say, man, glory? I, maybe that's not in the song. I, 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 I might wrap out something myself, Cherie. Hallelujah. Praise God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And I'm found because he came looking for me. I didn't go look. At, the Bible said he chose us. We didn't choose him. We chose to respond to him. But he is, took the initiative. He took the initiative. He took the initiative. Hallelujah. No man comes to me except my Father draw him. He takes the initiative. He sent the Holy Spirit to draw us to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a new covenant. And when people concentrate on the old covenant and not just see the old covenant prophecies promised and fulfilled in Christ and see... Oh, there's so much back there we need to get a hold of. But we need to get a hold of the grace and dispensation of the new covenant. It is not permissive. It is not licensed to sin. It is a way out of the chains that would bind us and hold us back because God grants a new nature that gives you a bent toward righteousness. It's not sinless perfection, but I believe it is a perfect desire to please God and not to give place to the devil. I want to overcome. How many want to? If you truly got to want, listen, if you want to, he'll help you. 
You're going to be without excuses after a while because if you've got the will to, God's got the power and the strength and the grace and the mercy to grant to you. Hallelujah. We're under a new covenant. Jesus declared this new covenant. Under the old covenant, no matter how many sacrifices were offered, how sincerely repentance was given, the heart of man remained with the propensity for sin. But Jeremiah 31, 33 is the declaration of the covenant that Jesus said he is fulfilling in that last supper, that Lord's Supper. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, I will put my law where? In their inward parts. And I will write it upon their hearts. God has always wanted to do more than forgive man's sinful acts. He purposed to change his sinful nature. To give him a new bent toward righteousness. He was wounded for our transgression. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgression. It doesn't stop there. The new covenant allows it to go beyond just getting forgiven for sin and caught up in the cycle of sin. No change occurs just because you're forgiven in the heart. Wounded for our transgression, but he is bruised for our Iniquity. Iniquity is that that is in our fallen nature that causes us to sin in the first place. He said, I don't want to just forgive sin. You know, we used to, in, in our Pentecostal background, we, we go to church. The greatest services were what seemed like when evangelists would come to get everybody an altar every Sunday. Repenting of the sin over and over and over and over and over. And over. There's no victory in that. You're just getting forgiven and then finding yourself back in the same old mess. And that's disgusting and discouraging. Because what happens the next Sunday? You come in guilt-ridden, beaten down and battered and beleaguered. Amen? There's no victory in that. I got forgiven Sunday, but here I am Tuesday out here doing the same old thing. Oh, Lord. And you end up at church the next Sunday coming in full of shame and guilt. God says, I want to change you from the inside out. I want to do something more than just forgive your sin. He was wounded for your transgression. Sin is transgression of the law. We've all sinned, therefore, and come short of the glory of God. Thank God there's forgiveness because he was wounded for your transgression. But it didn't stop there. He was bruised for your iniquity. Can you say, man, that's so this can happen in the new covenant. Bruised for your iniquity. He wants to change your nature. You can take a pig. Take him out of the hog pen. Bring him in the house. You can wash him. And you can cleanse him. And you can put... Audi perfume, yeah. Audi stinkum. Somebody asked me one time, said, said, Sir, may I ask you what kind of cologne are you wearing? So I thought of something French, you know, something. I said, Audi stinkum. <laughs> and see, they, they don't know me like you know me. They took me serious. <laughs> I mean, they thought about it a minute, and then they got about a half grin. Is he kidding? Is he kidding? Yes, I am kidding. You know, people don't know how to handle joy out here in this old world full of sin and shame and guilt and impatience and impertinence. And they don't know how to handle joy. They can't hardly handle joy. When they see someone with joy, they want to know, is he high? What's he, what's he on? Is he drunk? Is he drinking? What is it? What is it? Is he missing something up here? Amen. Is he getting senile? You know, there's a real problem in the, in the body of Christ manifesting the, the, the kingdom to the world. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It's being truly right with God. Hallelujah. And it produces what? Peace. 
It's righteousness and it's peace. If you're right with God, you have peace with God. If you have peace with God, you can experience the peace of God. Hallelujah. And if you have righteousness with God and peace with God, then you can have a fellowship relationship with Him because there's no enmity between you and Him. And when you enter into a fellowship relationship with Him, in His presence that you're invited into, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. Now, if you go to church every Sunday guilt-ridden, I've, I've been a pastor for 46 years, and I watch the guilt-ridden people, you know, come and pray off conviction or even get actually forgiven. But go back to that vicious cycle, that vicious cycle of sin and death. And in Pentecost, we had evangelists come. And Lord have mercy, if there wasn't a sin, they'd manufacture one for us. If there wasn't enough in the Bible to get us in an altar. Because it looked like we're having revival if everybody, every Sunday, is in the altar repenting of sin. That's not revival. There's no victory in that. It doesn't mean you don't need, and I don't need from time to time, to come to the altar and repent of sin. But for goodness sake, God said, I want to do more than forgive your sin and leave you... In those chains, I want to break those chains. I don't want to just remind you every Sunday that you're a lawbreaker. I want to change your heart so you can be a law keeper because I'm going to write it upon your heart. When you love me with all your heart, you'll want to serve me. When you love your neighbor, you don't need me to tell you not to kill him. Does that make sense to you? If you love your neighbor... (laughs) Thou shalt not kill, which means murder. This has nothing to do with serving in the military and defending people. He that bears the sword beareth it not in vain. Amen. This is talking about murder, not not the military and not justice. It's about vengeance. And justice is my, vengeance is mine alone, saith the Lord. But justice is part of the system that he has implemented. He's a God of justice. Anyway, that's another message. Two commandments allow for the keeping of all the law and all the prophets. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God first and great with all your heart. And that begins by falling in love with Jesus over and over and over Again, can you say man? And if you don't, I, I preached for years about returning to the first love. Having the first love rekindled. Church that's doing all those things that he commended them for. And I love the way he dealt with them in discipline. He didn't say all of it is bad. You're a sad sack case. You're good for nothing. No, he said, I commend you for this and I commend you for that. And I commend you for this. But I have somewhat against you. Amen. He didn't want to break their spirit. He wanted them to get cleansed and get truly right with him. And not just depend on all those good things they were doing. Short of the great thing and the greater thing that has to do with loving God. Not just trying to serve him without truly loving him. Amen. I commend you. You, 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 you're you're under persecution and you're weathering the storm. I commend you. You've tried them that say they're apostles and are not and found them to be liars. I commend you for being doctrinally pure. But I have somewhat against you. You see, once once you get an old covenant frame of mind of just doing all the right stuff alone without truly falling in love with Jesus, it's unacceptable to God even if you do it. And you can't do it perfectly, because if you could, he didn't have to go to the cross. The keeping of the law made no man perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Can you say man? Everybody say a better hope did. (laughs) How many know this is a better covenant? How many know it's established on better promises? How many know why? Because the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of bulls and goats that are offered in all the... Blood sacrifice offerings. Can you say amen? I'm glad I'm a new covenant Christian. 
It is not a license to sin. It is, it is, that's ridiculous because God said, I'm going to write my laws upon your heart under this covenant. I'm going to change you. And one of the things we're doing today is, is talking about salvation without a change. Honey, if there, if you truly get saved, something's going to change inside of you. I mean, Charles is going to be in church on Sunday. Something changed, Charles. <laughs> Amen. Right? Am I right? Give me fist bump. I mean, you know, there's ball games and there's fishing and there's all kinds of things we could be doing. But here he is. And I'm saying, that man been changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And give me fist bump. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But listen, there are people in church that have not been changed. They're just going to church. They're just wanting to keep their foot in the door in case they need a miracle or help from above. But when God gets in your heart, you'll have a desire to be in His house. You'll have a desire to hear His Word. You'll have a desire to please Him. If any man love me, he'll keep my commandments. Not the Ten Commandments of the Old Covenant, but the words of Christ, the teachings of Christ, the example of Christ. And that's why the Bible said, see, you can't blend its oil and water. It said in the book of Revelation, blessed are they that do His commandments. That's not keeping perfectly the ten of old. It's perfectly loving God and serving God from a changed heart within. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have the right to enter into the gates of that city and to drink, eat from the tree of life and drink from the river of life. What gives you the right to do that? Hallelujah. Being washed in the blood of Jesus, being born again of the Holy Spirit, having the law written upon your heart and having the desire to serve Him. I have a desire to serve Him. And I find myself saying, Lord, forgive me many times, many times over because I, but I don't, I don't just live in that state of sin and repentance. I'll never get above asking for forgiveness from the Lord. Scripture said, if we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive it. Oh, didn't I tell you he wanted to do more? Forgive us and that's it. Go back into that cycle. No. Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means the iniquity. He was, he was, he was bruised for our iniquity. Praise God. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we saw him. There's nothing that we should desire him, but we did consider him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. Amen. Isaiah 53. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. That is translated accurately, not by some Pentecostal preacher that believes in all the gifts, but by St. Matthew in the New Testament. It said when they brought the sick, out of every quarter, the halt, the maim, and the blind, Jesus was moved with compassion and healed them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Oh, come on, church. Amen. Don't let some denomination that has some axe to grind against the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit translate. Let St. Matthew do it. Can you say, man, how many believe Matthew should have more authority than their organization or denomination? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if Matthew said he's talking about sickness and disease, then we ought to be praying for the sick today. I'm glad we can pray for the sick today. Charles is glad we can pray for the sick today. Can you say amen? The doctors are saying, amen, but God is saying, hallelujah. I remember when they called, I called to check on him and it was a bad report. Charles, it was bad and it was sad. And it touched me. It began to grab a hold of me and pull me down of believing God for you. And I felt that they said, Lord, we're believing for a healing here. And it's getting worse. <laughs> it's going in reverse. 
And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I heard you. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears open to their cry. I heard you. I heard you. I don't want you to continually beg for it. I want you to begin to praise me for it. And you know that little thought comes pushing into your consciousness. Well, what if it don't happen? <laughs> what if it don't happen? And here I am praising God and thanking God. <laughs> and I remember, I remember calling, I remember calling Charles, and, and and I called him and I said, I said, you know, I've been praying for you. And I don't know if he even remembers this because they were giving him a lot of different medications and things. And, and I don't know if I woke him up or not or what was going on. But but I remember saying, the, the Lord told me to just praise, just praise him for your healing. And I've just been praising him. I, I, I need see, I was thinking in my, my own heart, I need to quit checking on him in the sense of finding out what they say his condition is. Amen. I have talked to the God of glory about him. And, and I believe God wants to raise him up. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to demonstrate his grace and love in his behalf. I believe he wants to turn his test into a testimony. So, Lord, I'm going to praise God. And I got up every morning, Charles, every morning of my life, I got up and said, Lord, I want to thank you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you, Lord, for healing Charles. I'm not asking you again. I am thanking you. And in that thanksgiving, I am actually actually standing in the gap. I'm actually continuing to believe him. But I'm believing him in a different way than just begging for him to do something. I'm believing him in a way where faith is out there saying, he did hear me. I know he heard me. And the Bible said that this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know He hears us, we know that we have the petition that we have desired of Him. Well, if you know you got it, praise Him for it. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't listen to any other report. <laughs> praise Him for it. Woo! Praise is the language of faith. Amen? So I got up every morning, Charles, without fail. And when I did my first devotions of Acknowledging he's in charge of everything. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made mean he's in charge. He's in control. Not circumstances, not fate, not happenstances, not luck. Some people tell me you're lucky. I remember when a truck turned over, Tampa Electric, an elderly couple pulled out in front of me and I was driving one of those big line trucks full of equipment. And when they pulled right out in front of me, he didn't even look back. An elderly man, old lady, about my age. Anyway, not the old lady, not the old lady. She was, she, she was younger. The lady was younger, just like my wife. She's two years younger. Charles, are you taking notes? You're going to need this someday when y'all get a little bit older. They pull right out. They were. They, 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 you know, white hair and up in years, and they pulled right out in front. He didn't even look back. And the line truck I was driving would have crushed that little car they were in. If I hit them from behind, it would have killed them both, sure as anything. I called upon the Lord, hit the brakes, and cut my wheel. When I hit the brakes and cut the wheel, my truck flipped onto the side. Flipped onto the side, and there's a big... There's a gas tank behind my seat, and there's what they call a belly tank that you run the equipment off of, a big tank right there by my door. And I'm on that side, and, of course, the radiator now water. And so it's, there's smoke coming out of the, you know, the radiator part of it, and there's people standing around gawking because nobody wanted to run over in case it caught on fire and exploded. So I couldn't get out. I'm, I'm on the driver's side, flipped underneath the steering wheel. I'm not, I'm feeling for pain or bleeding, called upon the name of the Lord, not in the way the world does it, but in the way that someone that knows Jesus does it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You don't have time to get elaborate in your prayer. You don't have time to pray one of those prayers that they could frame and sell in the Christian bookstore. Can you say, man? You, you don't. You just have to say, 
Jesus. And I don't mean like the world. I mean like someone who knows Christ. I'm trusting in you. Boom. But there he was. There he was. Praise God. And finally a guy come over and he opened the door, climbed up on the truck, opened the door and said, are you all right? And I said, I think I am. And he reached down, grabbed me by the hand and pulled me up so I could help, so he could help me get out. By then there's several people standing around because they saw the thing wasn't going to blow up. And then I'm feeling and looking and, and he said, are you all right? And I said, yes, I am. And someone in the crowd said, man, you are so lucky. And when they said lucky, boy, that just, I mean, I felt the Holy Spirit rare up in me and said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. No, God was with you. That's why you're coming out of this unscathed. That's God is with you. And I said, no, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. The Lord delivered me from any harm today. Amen. I wanted to know it. I, I, I tell you, when you come through something like that, you have a bold moment there. Praise God. I don't care if you're an atheist, agnostic, communist, <laughs> amen, Democrat. Anyway, whatever. It's going to be okay. I almost got political there for a moment. Amen. <laughs> whatever you are. Whatever you are. Whatever you are. I want you to know who I am. Hallelujah. God delivers me. Happenstance don't. Fate don't. Luck don't. Praise God. Hallelujah. They found actually I was a hero because they might have sued Tampa Electric for some reason. We're in a litigious culture litigation. Uh, they uh, Actually, a off-duty Sheriff department guy was coming out of a parts store and saw the whole thing, followed the people that I almost run over and, and pulled them over way down the road and wrote him a ticket for failing to yield the right of way. And come to find out he had a history of failing to yield the right of way. But in the company I worked for, you had to do everything in your power to avoid an accident, even if you're not charged with the accident. And they had a big investigation. And, of course, they cleared me of everything. And after a while, since they, they saw that they could have been terribly hurt and, and, and you know, the truck is replaceable, uh, uh, although they sent a brand-new truck out for me to drive. Brand-new truck. <laughs> And the guys I worked with put a big cardboard sign up on it in black letters said, this side up. (laughs) My pals. (laughs) Oh, God is good today. God is good today. But they on that job knew. They knew that I came out of that unscathed because God is with me. There was no if and, there was no but, and there was no maybe. (laughs) They wanted me on their crew. You know why? Because they believe if I'm on the crew, God is going to help that crew, and God is going to keep that crew, and nobody's going to get hurt on that crew. Hallelujah, because God is with us. I'll tell you something. When God comes through for you, it makes people sit up and take notice. I got on an underground residential distribution, URD, and I drove equipment truck again, setting pad mount transformers and, and, uh, and pulling the underground cable to them. We had a long, long, long run. And, and, and so they take the big reel of cable, you know, where you can't hardly see them. You're talking to them by walkie-talkie radio back then. And they said, Bob, start pulling. Boy, I started pulling, and and it's straining. That old truck is straining and straining and straining. The winch is pulling. It's a hard pull. They have the cable literally because it's so expensive. They have it cut. They have it really measured to be just right. And they're pulling and pulling and pulling. And he says, when I say stop, because that means you're pulling right down to the end and they need 18 to 24 inches left to make it up in that transformer. 
And once you get it in there in a hard pull like that, you cannot pull it back out without tearing it up. And we're talking about thousands of dollars, not counting the time, you know, to redo everything. And that old truck started shaking, and I looked up where the cable was coming over to see if it was going to take the strain. And when I looked back, the guy was waving his arms like that to stop. And I stopped. But I thought, oh, Lord, did I stop in time? I was distracted for what seemed like a millisecond. But that's all it took to pull too much. And he was waving his arms. He's a Baptist Sunday school teacher, but you wouldn't know it when things went wrong. And that can happen to anybody, but it happened frequently to him. His name was Henry King. I loved that old guy. Man, he was a big one, too. He, he, he wore a size 13 shoe. He weighed 265 pounds uh, when, he, when it wasn't a holiday. Amen. <laughs> he gained up for the holidays. And, and, and actually, he had, earned, he had earned the title. Everybody called him Hollering Henry because when he got upset, he hollered and screamed and carried on. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, Lord, I'm in for it. I, oh, Lord. And I, I prayed. I said, Lord, I, Lord, please help me. He caused the axe head to swim. God was borrowed. He had borrowed an axe. And, and, and the, listen, the Jews didn't have the technology for iron, but the Philistines did. Iron was a, like gold to them. Amen. He borrowed that axe head to do some work. And you know what he would have had to do if he couldn't replace it? He would have had to serve that Philistine until he worked out whatever the cost of that loss was. Here you have a covenant child of God serving a Philistine. God never wanted that. That's why when he brought them out, this is two or three messages, but when he brought them out of Egypt, he brought them out with silver and gold. Why did he add the silver and gold to that? Because he didn't want them indebted to any of those people to where they may be pressured to compromise their faith in their God. Can you say amen? Do you hear what I'm telling? The fear of man bringeth a snare. Amen. I heard a guy say the other day, he says, you know, I went to the bank called the Friendly Bank. We want to be your friends. We want to be your friends. That's why we call ourselves the Friendly Bank. They loaned me money to purchase a car. And yesterday my friend came and repossessed it. (laughs) Can you say amen? (laughs) God didn't want that to happen. He cried out to God because it it went into the water. It sunk to the bottom. He said, I want you to take a stick and I want you to throw it into that water. Amen. And it caused, God caused the iron axe head to swim. Somebody said, yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Venable, that's impossible. You're right. But we're not talking about physics and we're not talking about science. We're talking about God. Their doctors didn't think he would make it, but here he is because of God stepping in. Hallelujah. When God steps in, all of those laws are of no value. All of those prognoses go out the window. All of those percentages are gone. He's got a 50-50 chance. No, he don't. 90% chance he won't make it. Wrong. Can you say, man? You put it in God's hands and it changes everything. So I got a call from Hollering Henry. <laughs> and he said, "Where are you watching me?" And he's, you know, he's ranting and he's raving. And I said, "Sir, I looked up just for a moment. No excuse would be good enough to have to ruin all this cable, start all over again." He said, "Robert, me and he got an apprentice lineman down there with him. He was my foreman. He said we're going to pull on this. Now I can't hardly pull it in that way with a winch." Without the truck trembling like that. It sounded like it's going to break the boom. And they're going to pull it back by hand. 
He said, we're going to try. We're going to try to see if we can get 18 inches back because there's only about four inches of this thing because we can't make up this transformer if we can't get it to come back our way. And you know what I did? I called a taxi and I... No, I didn't. <laughs> I went home. I never went back. <laughs> no, my stepdad did something similar. <laughs> he, he stopped at a truck stop. He was carrying lobster tails and shrimp refrigerated. And he stopped at a truck stop way up north, headed back, and some trucker told him a quicker route to make up time. He got off the interstate system and took the quicker route, went under a bridge, and it peeled the top off of that truck. He called a taxi. <laughs> he left the scene. He never went back to work because that was Tens of thousands of dollars. The whole truck, you can't transfer it to another truck and it thawed out. Oh, my Lord. He moved to Lake Wales. <laughs> Way back out near Plum Nearly. <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. I, I don't feel I was negligent. I just glanced up and suddenly... I look up and he's waving, stop. I'm sorry. Please help me. Boy, that radio crackled. And it's hollering Henry. And he ain't hollering. <laughs> he said, he said, Robert, you're not going to believe this. I thought, yes, I am too. If anything good happened, I'm going to believe it because I need some good news bad. Can you say, man? He said, Robert, he said, you know you couldn't hardly pull it in. And you know me and he called the name of the apprentice lineman. We couldn't pull it back. He said, we gave a yank on that thing. And he said, 18 inches came right out. Just what we needed to make it up. And then there was a silence while I'm wiping off the sweat. And he said, you prayed, didn't you? I said, yes, sir. I really prayed. <laughs> I didn't pray. I prayed about that thing. But did you know what? He told it all over that yard. He told it all over that yard. Amen. And they started, listen, listen, God wants us to give him a reputation of a prayer answering God, of a good God, a gracious God, a mighty God. He wants us to, oh, not have this God of the yesterday, but a God of today. Hallelujah. I got a reputation as a man of prayer and God got a reputation as a prayer answering God. It was, it was a win. It was a win-win. Can you say man hallelujah 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 i want a reputation as a man of prayer so god can have a reputation of a prayer answering god hallelujah praise the lord this is a new covenant this is a better covenant this is a covenant where God changes us from the inside out. And I'm going to read that and we're going to receive communion today. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 3. It said, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but the fleshly tables of the heart. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Didn't he say, when the new covenant is ratified, I'll put my law in their inward parts and I'll write it on their heart. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's the same old sinner locked in the prison house, chained by his, his sinful nature. No, he's a new creature. Old things, everybody say, including that covenant, are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. 
I like Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, an old, tried, and true commentary. It, it says new in the Greek implies a new nature, quite different from anything previously existing. See, it's not the old man made over or made better. It's a new creation. It has nothing to do with making the old a lot better. It's something brand spanking new. Hallelujah. Everybody say brand spanking new. Doctors say, you know, why do we slap babies when we deliver? You meant to shock them into taking that, <gasps> that breath so they can start breathing. He said some of them. One doctor said some of them are already breathing. But we smack them anyway. So they'll know what to expect <laughs> in life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Matthew Henry says of this scripture, they have a new heart and a new nature. And so great is the change that God makes in the heart and the soul that it follows that old things are passed away. Old thoughts, old principles, and old practices. Regenerating grace creates a new world within the soul. Hallelujah. I like Titus 3, 5 as we move toward communion. Not of works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. This word regeneration in the Greek is the production of a new life consecrated to God. The word is often used to denote the restoration of a thing to its pristine state. <laughs> Hallelujah. To its pristine state. We used to sing about that. I'm in a new world since the Lord saved me. Remember when we used to sing that at church? Old things have passed away. All things are new today. I'm in a new world since the Lord. The Lord changed me. Hallelujah. I say it many times in the invitation at the end of our webcast. Amen. When I make the invitation, if you're sitting out there and you say you can't change yourself, you are absolutely right. But don't you dare say that God can't change you. He won't override your will, but if you'll repent of your sin and will to receive Christ by faith into your heart, He will begin to change you from the inside out. And that's what it means when it says work out, not work for, but work out what has occurred by the Holy Spirit within you. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with reverence and awe. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything so far today? How many are under the new covenant? How many know it's a better covenant? Established on better promises. And that's why God, listen, listen. That's why God listened to this poor old preacher man and added 18 inches. I remembered that 18 inches. And I, I don't know what they did when they reconnected you. But I asked for 18 more inches just in case. I did. I remembered what God did with that cable. And I asked it for your intestines. You might want to check your records sometime and see. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> I mean, that thing is long all in there. But when they start cutting pieces out, a lady came to our church scheduled for surgery because they found cancer in her intestines. And, and she was scheduled for surgery to take out that bad part, begin the chemo, go ahead and give her the colostomy. Not colostopy, but the colostomy. She came on a Wednesday night to the service. Just a few people like this Sunday morning. She came from Zephyr Hills. She came forward for prayer. Scheduled for surgery the end of that week. She went back for pre surgical to be prepared for the surgery she went in and they wanted to take another x-ray whatever they did to see exactly where to cut and exactly what needed to be done to look at it one fresh frame and when they went back and looked at it it was gone 
They canceled the surgery. They canceled the chemo. They scratched their head like they did when God delivered me from leukemia. And since they didn't, men of science didn't, you know, really want to go into the God thing unless they were Christian, real Christian men of science that allow for God. They wrote on me spontaneous remission. And the blood test showed no cancer of the blood, no leukemia, spontaneous remission. It was there. There was prayer offered. It's gone. It just left. No, it didn't just leave. God heard. God answered prayer. So I began to thank God for Charles's recovery every single morning. And from that point, the time I started thanking God after praying, amen, it, it was just like I, I, I didn't, it didn't matter what anybody said, yeah. doctors or anybody else from that point. Mm-hmm. So I know you're wondering if he made it. Uh, (laughs) i'm not going to keep you in suspense any longer i love to see the answer to prayer sitting right here in this audience tangible visible hallelujah praise god remember in this celebration of the new covenant through the blood of christ and the suffering of jesus When Jesus picked up the cup, he declared the prophecy back in the old covenant of the new covenant God would establish. This is the new covenant in my blood that is shed for the sins of many. Hallelujah. Never look back. Always look forward. Praise God. Isn't God good today? Isn't he gracious today? Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I think it's significant that the scripture concerning communion begins this way. The same night he was betrayed. The same night when he was betrayed. He said to his disciples, when they entered in for, to celebrate the Passover that would become what we're doing today, over 2,000 years later, as Christians, I've longed to share this meal with you. And he knew what it represented. He knew there was going to be a very short space between that meal with his disciples And that cross that he would bear alone and hang on alone. But he said, I've longed. See, he came from heaven to earth for this purpose. He came to go to the cross to take our sin debt and pay our sin debt in full. Picked up the bread and tore it in half. Said, this is my body. Broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. On the cross, you may break the bread. Father, I thank you so much for sending your son. Jesus, I thank you so much. Eternity won't be long enough for us to ever show our gratitude in full. Throughout all eternity, there will never be a person we meet in heaven with a scar from a burn, from broken bones, from torn flesh. Our bodies will be absolutely perfect and pure. But one body, after the resurrection, bore the scars of crucifixion. And it's the glorified body of Jesus. And every time we see him, we are reminded that the most powerful hands in the universe are also nail-scarred. This God with such power loves us so very much. And he is the reason 
that we're going to live with him in the new Jerusalem. Thank you for giving your body to be treated like it was in our behalf. For every scar, every hurt, and every pain, you may eat the bread. If people were deaf here today, to communicate Jesus, one of the signs is this. The one with the nail-scarred hands, and everyone knew that's Jesus we're talking about. Then he picked up the cup and he declared what we ministered in brief on today. This is the new covenant. In my blood, which is shed for the sins of many. As often as you drink this cup, you show, proclaim publicly the Lord's death till he come. And here we are, hallelujah, drinking the cup to commemorate the new covenant established by Jesus on the cross. Father, I thank you for sending your son. Jesus, I thank you for every drop of your life's blood that ran down your body, your head to your feet, puddled at the foot of that old rugged cross. I thank you because instead of being repulsed by that blood, I am drawn to you to love you with all that I have and all that I am. I thank you, Jesus, today. You may drink the cup. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you and we praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God.